the best rugby insight and analysis. OTB Sports Rugby. When you watch a guy, Ger, standing on the sideline counting players with his fingers, you know this is bullshit. Probably the greatest ever victory for Ireland. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Now, tonight's Sligo Rovers tie with Viking begins in Norway. It is uh, the Conference League and former Northern editor and Europe editor with RTE, but most importantly, Sligo Rovers super fan Tommy Gorman is with us on the line. Good morning to you, Tommy. How are you getting on? Um, great form. Uh, you live for mornings like this where you're looking forward to your team playing for the first time uh, in the third round of a European competition. And you can just imagine what it's like for those young lads this morning. Like we have fellas from Mayo and from uh, Leitrim uh, and from Sligo and from Donegal and elsewhere. But you can imagine what it's like for them and their young lives uh, looking forward to going out and playing in a major stadium in Norway tonight. Uh, Just living the dream, really. What is it like for you at this point in your life as somebody who's, I guess, known Sligo Rovers your entire life or as long as you can remember you've known Sligo Rovers? What, what is this feeling like as, as you look forward to tonight? Well, this time 45 years ago, I was in my first job in journalism and uh, Sligo Rovers that year, they had won the league and they qualified in the European Cup to play against Red Star Belgrade. So I was going to the match in Yugoslavia and, you know, I still treasure those memories. They're still very fresh 45 years on. So as a fan today, you're just so conscious that, like, you really need to fuel the, the dream every so often, you know, to fill up the tank by qualifying for European competition because the finances of it are so important. And the model we have in the showgrounds, community-owned club, uh, people's club, we need days like this to get young lads into our academy and we also need, say, a run like this for our finances, because if you look at the kind of money that's generated by, say, getting in, into a third round, it's probably about 750000 net. Uh, and that's, you know, more than 50 percent of what it takes to run the club per year. So you need that kind of cash injection uh, to stay, uh, you know, in that top group in the premiership. You look at, say, the likes of Shamrock Rovers who will get a run this year in the Champions League, then the Europa League, and if they fall out of that, the Conference League, that's worth over a million, maybe two million to them in a season like this. So you can see why they're so far out front within the League of Ireland with that kind of finance coming in. Big day for Pats as well, European game, uh, third round as well. So very important for them and for the chasing pack. And I also think it's such encouragement for that breed of young manager that we have in the League of Ireland now, you know, very, very good, committed guys, you know, from, you know, the Stephen Bradleys to, you know, Damien Duff has his track record. We have young John Russell, you have the likes of Stephen O'Donnell, you've got Tim Clancy, and even somebody like Ali Horgan, who's down there struggling with Finn Harps at the bottom of the league today, he aspires to get into a European round like this with Finn Harps. So it's such a good advertisement for the league today. So we should all be kind of proud today, I think. For sure. Can I ask, how many Sligo people made that trip to Yugoslavia all those years ago? Um, small number. Uh, some of the committee members, um, and we, uh, it, was on a, it was on a scheduled flight. 
And say, for instance, with, with the Rovers this time around, um, we were lucky in the first two rounds because we were in Bala and Wales, low costs and easy for fans to, to get to. And then we were blessed uh, in the second round, Motherwell. Again, you could travel across to Scotland, handy enough. Today's different. Uh, so the team and, and uh, the few committee members who've gone with them, they had to travel from Belfast across to Aberdeen. And then they got a flight from uh, Aberdeen across to Norway. So that becomes more expensive. But interestingly, uh, the second leg of the uh, Viking game in the showgrounds that takes place this day week, that's already sold out. Uh, and the club made the deliberate decision to not move it uh, to, say, the likes of Tala, because that would mean huge expense for our supporters. And But by doing so, by keeping it in Sligo, you're only going to get 3,800 fans into the showgrounds because it has to be an all-seater. That's the rule. And we had to get permission from UEFA to actually stage it in the showgrounds. We had to get a derogation because normally for a third round match, you need to be in a stadium that can hold at least 5,000 seated. So we got that derogation, but we literally could have sold another two or 3,000 seats in the showgrounds handy a week in advance. And um, that's the kind of decision you make. And that's where the finances become important because what we're looking to do in the longer term is to have a stadium that will hold five or 6,000 people where you'd be able to accommodate all your support base on a night like this. Tommy, is, uh, I was in Sligo last week for the game and it was like I got down in the mid-afternoon and everywhere you looked there was Sligo Rovers jerseys. Like The place was heaving. The atmosphere across the day was brilliant. And like... I'm guessing that must be up there in terms of the nights, the sort of the European nights, because Sligo had a lot of Sligo always had a lot of big nights in Europe, but not necessarily big wins. Like there was a lot of sort of you know runs where they they lasted for one for one tie for one game, but this must be sort of right up there yeah, in terms of like cementing memories for the the next generation, if you know what I mean. Yeah, you're you're a million percent on the money. Um, you know the location of the showgrounds. It's in the centre of the town. It's a 12-acre site. Uh, and everybody uh, in the area knows the Rovers. They're of the people. Uh, but to get to a third round is new territory for us. Um, and like the pictures, the television pictures were fantastic. I saw at one stage there was a shot of a group of people behind the goals in the television feed. Uh, and I spotted in there Aidan Keane's partner and their little baby. Uh, and you could see that, you know, they were close to the goals that he was going to be shooting into. And then, you know, a number of times the ball went out of play behind the goals and you cut to the shots of the young lads catching the ball and holding on to it, trying to kill a few seconds in the game to sort of try and take the, the steam out of any challenge that was coming from Motherwell. But of course, it was it was a magnificent achievement in its own right, the match you were at, because Motherwell, Motherwell are, are a premiership club in Scotland. Uh, and for a club like Sligo Rovers to actually beat them uh, in the home game in Motherwell and then to come back to the showgrounds and to put not just one but two past them, like that was that was really, really magnificent. Um, it's interesting what has happened with the Rovers in, in the last few weeks. Uh, Liam Buckley brought the club from a bad place. He stabilised it. He, uh, we got European qualification twice under him and Rovers will be forever grateful to him for doing that. And he had really good values. 
But then the management uh, committee had a big decision to make because the results were going against us. Part of the problem was our own pitch at the start of the season and the kind of football Liam wanted to play. That wasn't his fault. But they brought in John Russell, Liam's assistant, um, and that was hard to end the relationship with Liam. But John Russell seems to be a lucky general because in the game against Bala, in the in the showgrounds match, Bala beat us out the gate. Um, they had a team of really wise characters who came to win and only for Ed McGinty in that match. He saved us during the match. He saved us an extra time and then he saved two penalties. And there was something beautiful about the way it ended for him because he's a lovely young fella. He came to us after Celtic uh, and Hibbs had let him go. They said he was too small. He came up through our academy system and his contract was due to run out in November and he could have left for nothing. But he was keen that if he did go to a, across the water, that there'd be some money in it for the club that had helped him. So we got a decent transfer fee for him with some add-ons if he sold on to another club. And then we had another young keeper uh, called McNicholas who had been playing with them. We had him out on loan in Cliftonville last year and his contract was due up in November as well. And he was wondering, am I going to get first team football? So it worked out beautiful or beautiful for us in the end that Ed McGinty got away to Oxford. And now we've got young McNicholas in on a full time contract with us, a new contract, and he's playing in tonight's match. So in that respect, things have fallen nicely for John Russell. Now, the downside of it is we were put out of the cup uh, by um, Wexford. Uh, last last weekend, the same happened to Pats. They were beaten by Waterford. And you can see that pattern there for clubs that are making it to Europe, that sometimes it's such a stretch in the resources that they can't sustain their league or their cup form in Ireland. But um, if you were to ask me, would you take you know the results that we've had in recent weeks, including the defeats, I'd bite your hand off for them. It's just a lovely time for the Rovers. Tommy, look, has Sligo Rovers always been in your life? Like, it's one of the I mean, people talk about League of Ireland football, and like, there's parts of the country that don't have a League of Ireland team. There are parts of the country that do have a League of Ireland team, but it maybe doesn't necessarily penetrate the sort of local discussion in the same way that, say, the I don't know the intercounty GEA scene might. But Sligo seems very different to me. You know, I think Dundalk and there's one or two other places that might be like that. But from day one, like, was Sligo Rovers always there for you, if you know what I mean? I, I love sport. You know, this is a great year for, for Irish rugby. Um, I follow Spurs. Things are coming on well there. I followed Spurs since I was five. But the one result that really matters to me, the most important one, is always Sligo Rovers. Uh, because... Um, they really are uh, of the people. They're they're what defines us uh, as a place. Uh, and ev- most people in Sligo are like that. It's a garrison town. And you're right, there are places like uh, you have great affection for clubs like Pats. You have great affection for, for the likes of Bowles. You know, Shamrock Rovers had awful times where they were wandering around the city until they found their home in Talla. Cork of great support, Limerick of great support. Uh, and it's kind of sad, I think, in some respects, that this year's League of Ireland, you've got five teams in Dublin, you've got two in Loud, and you've got three in the Northwest. So if you draw a line from Dublin uh, to the Northwest, like all those good soccer towns like Athlone, Galway have a good club, Limerick have a good club, there's nothing in Kilkenny, Wexford are in uh, the second division, and Cork, 
like wonderful, wonderful uh, town. You know, remember Roy Keane came up through Cove Ramblers. Uh, it's really sad that, you know, big centres like that don't have a team in the Premier Division. And um, like we we count our blessings in Sligo that we're not in the second division, the first, what, what is the, the second tier, the first division, because that would be such a difficult division to get out of at the moment. It's so, so competitive. So yeah, these are, these are good times with the Rovers. Um, and a lovely thing about it is the way the academy system is working for us at the moment. Like in the past 12 months, three of our players, um, Johnny Kenny, John Mahan and Ed McGinty, have got across the water, you know, to try and, and pursue their career there. And last weekend, we had a fantastic result because this is the first time we've had a, a senior ladies team and they pulled off, a, you know, a magnificent result last week where they beat really fine club, you know, uh, league leaders at the moment, where they beat Shelburne 3-2 at the showgrounds. So all those different elements of, say, the ladies' presence now, you, you see all the young girls in the showgrounds training, you know, most days now in the all-weather pitch at the front of the showgrounds. And then the youth team, thats the youth teams that are coming through and the academy players that are making it into the Rovers. And the guys we have, say, managing the, the, the side that's in Norway tonight, uh, John Russell and Ryan Casey, they've come up through our underage structures. And John Russell himself is a wonderful example of what's going on in the League of Ireland. Like his sister, Julianne Russell, is a really fine player. John played with us. He played with Pats, got his degree in DCU, has done his badges. Uh, he's from Galway. His father and mother are real soccer people, always encouraged their kids to get involved in sport. So you can see uh, the fruits of the effort that families put into sport. You can see those coming through in Sligo Rovers at the moment. Tommy, we have a photo here actually that you sent to us earlier on. Uh, you kneeling on the the goal line there, uh, praying for something uh, a, a short time ago. When was this photo taken? What? What? what uh, tell us the story of this pick. Uh, that was the uh, the night of the the miracle against Bala. Um, ah. There was one stage in the second half, an extra time, where they were pounding that goals. Where you see me on my knees, give it giving thanks after the match. Uh, and a guy headed the ball against the crossbar and everyone was on the ground, no hope of saving any rebound. And a fella comes in and he catches the rebound on the volley and he hit the crossbar. And there was this spontaneous lift of about three and a half thousand people in the stand. They just knew we hadn't dodged one bullet. We had dodged a machine gun. And everyone just got up and started chanting Rovers, Rovers. <laughs> And we got to the end of that match and then it went to penalties. Um, and young McGinty and the people advising him, they had actually studied the penalty taking techniques of Bala. Uh, so he went the right direction for all five penalties and he stopped two of them. So like it was a, it was a miracle that we got out of that one. And that allowed us to get into the round against Motherwell. And to be honest with you, when we drew Motherwell, I said, that's it. It's fantastic that we've got to a second round um, and, you know, we won't be greedy. And if we can get out of this at losing, you know, by two or three over in the overall, over the two legs, I'd be, you know, you'd be content with that. But to actually beat Motherwell and to get into the third round, like, you know, this is such fun. Are you going to be greedy tonight when you're looking to tonight's fixture and next week's fixture? Are you thinking, yeah, let's have it, let's have it? Um. 
we're modest kind of people. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, we're, it doesn't suit us to be greedy. Uh, and we're very, very thankful in, in agriculture terms, in some respects, the hay is saved because we probably now have banked sufficient resources to keep this level of a full-time professional team on the go for the next two years. And hopefully we've qualified for Europe uh, at some stage during that two-year period again. Um, and the other brilliant thing about it is this really helps us uh, to make our case uh, for state aid for our development plan for the showgrounds. Our centenary is in uh, 2028. And our hope is that we will have a bigger showgrounds with a, a new pitch, uh, new stands and, you know, better commercial activities there by, by 2028. Another little interesting anecdote to tell you, um, one of our big supporters is a guy called George Mullen and he puts in pitches all around the world. He has put in World Cup pitches in Qatar. He put in uh, pitches in Russia. He's put them in in many of the major stadiums. He's actually doing a pitch in South America at the moment. But George Mullen installed a new pitch in Motherwell. And the first game, the game that christened that pitch, the first competitive match, was the game that Sligo Rovers beat Motherwell 1-0. So one one of our own helped us in that. Uh, like it's kind of the, the, one of the things that kind of really sticks out, Tommy, from listening listening to you talk this morning is just that phrase about the club being of the people. You mentioned that a couple of times this morning, and it, and it does feel that that seems to be part of the relationship between the fan group and the playing group, regardless of where the players have come from. And there is a lot of people who are who are very much homegrown and are and are of the place as well. But it does seem that there is as much like a, a very very close relationship between the fans and the players almost on an intimate level that they, that they know the ins and outs of each of the players and almost vice versa like is that the case from your perspective as a fan of the club absolutely it keeps us honest as well because you know there were so many financial crises in the showgrounds over the years that the ground would have been sold or mortgaged many times over just to keep us afloat you know if we had been able to do that but the way it's structured the ground is owned in trust for the people, so you can't do that. And Sligo, it's what, 15, 20,000 people, counties, 65,000. So there's no big sugar daddy. You know, some of the other clubs like, you know, Shamrock Rovers have got Dermot Desmond, you know, they've got uh, their pitch provided by the local authority. Um, Dundalk have got an investment. Even Galway have got the Comers who are very, very helpful to them. Pats have got uh, Gareth Kelleher. Uh, Bows are a bit like ourselves, but, you know, they've got very valuable real estate. Uh, but we don't have, uh, Derry have, you know, very, very uh, benevolent chairman at the moment, but we don't have anybody with that kind of money. Um, and we can't take in, you know, private sector investment that would risk the future of the club. So basically, we, we eat what we kill. Uh, we have to generate our own revenue every year, you know, through golden goals. And we have a network of people. There's a former chairman of Sligo Rovers called Dermot Kelly. He's an anaesthetist in the INA and in St. Vincent's in Dublin. And Dermot was a fantastic chairman when we were flying high in the years when we won the league in the Cup a decade ago. Dermot helped to build what we call the Volkswagen stand in the showground. We still have to put a roof on it. But Dermot Kelly has more 
clients and friends in Dublin who are in our 500 club throwing in 240 quid a season on a direct debit system every year. And that kind of stuff is vital. So we rely on that kind of finance all the time. And like, even for, say, a game like Viking, it was very important for us that the commercial side of the club, and most of these people are volunteers, but that the commercial side of the club were actually selling out next week's match just in case, you know, you went down 5-0 tonight and all the air was taken out of the balloon. We know that we're going to have a great night and a financially successful night in the showgrounds this day week because, you know, sold out showgrounds with golden goals and uh, match uh, program sales, the revenue you generate from that will probably pay the cost of getting the team to Norway. Uh, the flights, the hotels and whatever else you need, the food. So you have to be thinking like that in a club like Slayer Rovers all the time. Um, it's 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 a kind of a, a sad dimension to it in a way that you can never concentrate fully on what's going on on the pitch because you're also wondering how much have you taken in in the turnstiles. Yeah, for sure. Uh, listen, Tommy, the very best of luck over these next two nights. Hopefully it's another very famous night for, for Sligo Rovers. Try and enjoy it as much as you can and hopefully we'll chat to you again soon. Thanks a million. Thank you and thanks for the interest. OTB AM With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.